your cleaners are the backbones of your business. Without your cleaners, your property is trash. If your cleaners aren't making sure that your listing looks like the pictures, you're screwed because again, you want to be that Airbnb where everyone's saying, it looks exactly like the pictures. It looks exactly like the pictures. I always work with military wives for cleaners because a lot of military wives have cleaning businesses. They care about their business and they care about their image. So they're not going to screw you over. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pili, and welcome to episode 121 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Kiara Castleberry, a coach for Airbnb hosts. In our last episode, we got to hear about the inner workings of a short-term rental platform called FemBnB. In this episode, Kiara is sharing the blueprint she uses to help others turn hosting Airbnbs into a full-time business. If you've ever wondered how people acquire a portfolio of 25 or 50 Airbnbs, listen up because Kiara is answering that question. And then during our conversation, she also shared how she got started, the best way to market your properties, how to get corporate clients, and so much more. But before we hear the rest of Kiara's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes, or really anywhere you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so stories like Kiara's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. The She's Off-Script podcast also has a membership community to help you launch and grow your business with resources, coaching, hot seats, and so much more. Join our Boss Off Script community today by going to sewaajpelly.com forward slash community. With that, let's go off script with Kiara Castleberry, the coach for Airbnb hosts. Kiara Castleberry, welcome to She's Off Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) So for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you, could you share who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Kiara. I'm a high-level Airbnb coach and host um, and a new Turo host. I always like to throw that out because Turo is like the Airbnb for cars. I started Airbnb in March 2019 and since then it's just, it's been part of my identity. So I I love it so much. So how did you get started in the whole short-term rental business? Um, honestly, I had a friend and she was posting that she made, I want to say it was a year that the Super Bowl was in Atlanta and she had made uh, almost a hundred thousand dollars by March in just Airbnb. And I'm like, hold on girl, what do you do? Like, how do you get into Airbnb? Like, show me how to get into it. Cause in the beginning it was for the money. Okay. I'm like, girl, show me how to make the coin. Um, so, uh, she kind of just walked me through how to get started, how to find an apartment, how to talk to them, how to like, just all that little stuff that you wouldn't think to ask someone. Mm-hmm. And from there was history. We got our first apartment. Um, cause we did rental arbitrage, which is basically where you acquire someone else's property and you Airbnb it completely legal. That's the one question I always get is, is it legal? It is legal. (laughs) Well, just check your state laws and your city laws, but it's legal. And from there, it just, it was history. Ooh, well, I definitely want to dive more into rental arbitrage because I keep hearing about how many properties people have in their portfolios. And I'm just like, wow. But (laughs) before that, let's address probably one of the bigger questions on people's minds right now is, is this a safe slash profitable business to enter right now, just given all the pressures of the pandemic. Yes. And the thing is, I'll have people come to me and say, hey, I'm not getting booked or, you know, during the pandemic, things are going slower. 
But then I look at their profiles and I'm like, I would never stay here. I would never stay here. Even if I, like, if it was the last thing on earth. I think it's all about how you position yourself and what experience are you providing. My clients, they're booked out till summer. I have my draped formula, which is my draped B&B listing formula. And it basically stands for um, description and title, ratings and reviews, amenities, profile and photos, the experience you provide, which is the most important one, and then the um, dynamic pricing. Once you have all of those together, you're good to go. You will get the bookings. You will be booked. Mm, Okay. So walk us through that draped formula, because it sounds like those are the fundamentals that you need in order to have a successful short-term rental business. So walk us through it. With a description and title, I always say, make sure that you are speaking directly to your ideal guest. A lot of people miss that. You have to know who your ideal guest is before you even get to the drape. Because if not, you're going to be speaking, like, what is the saying? When you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. It's so true for Airbnb. Are you speaking to families? Are you speaking to business owners? Who are you speaking to? Because the way you speak to families and what you provide for them is not the same as what you provide to business owners. I don't want a desk when I'm coming out of town with my family, but a business person may. Um, So with the description title real quick, I always say have two adjectives that describe your property and then your property's name. So um, one or two adjectives. So one of my clients, hers is the Cozy Cove ATL. Another one is the Posh Luxurious Adult Getaway. What you do is you take that title, you find all of the synonyms to those adjectives and put them throughout your description so that the algorithm can kind of feel like, what kind of property is this? Who, like, if I'm looking for it, like, how, how will I find it? You know? Um, so Airbnb has an algorithm as well? Oh yeah. I'm all about the Airbnb algorithm. And it's wow. Like, now, are all your tips Airbnb specific or would they apply to like the Verbos and I don't know what other ones are out there these days? My clients have used it on Verbo and they've done well, but I always say I'm specific to Airbnb. I know Airbnb. I don't want to speak on what I don't know either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's good to be clear and specific yeah, about yeah. what you're offering. That's D. Mm-hmm. What's next? Um, next is ratings and reviews. Airbnb has six criteria that have you ever visited an Airbnb? Absolutely, yes. Okay, okay. Especially yeah. now, given the pandemic, we've done more than we, we have before. Exactly. So when you visited, um, did they have you rate them? Did you end up rating them? Yes. Did you skip that part? Okay, okay. And then when you're rating them, like what were you thinking about? Like, what was your thought process? Um, I definitely wanted to help the next person and answer questions that I had that were not in the description. Mm -hmm. So as far as confirming cleanliness, I think that's a big thing right now is I want to go to an actually clean place and then also giving them a better idea of the amenities that people can expect. Because we stayed at one Airbnb and I don't think they did a great job of tooting their own horn because it was a fantastic property. They had so many amenities, but the pictures didn't do them justice, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. So basically everything you just said wraps up ratings and reviews. You have to basically... You're, you have to be, you have to communicate with your guests. The fact that you're, you have to say, oh, I had to verify cleanliness. Why hasn't the host verified cleanliness to you in their description and in their photos? Your reviews should say it looked exactly like the photos. It looked like it was exactly as described. That's what you want. I don't know if you visited like other people's ratings, but when you look through them, the top rated Airbnbs, that's really all of their comments. If it varies, it's probably because someone's missing something. Fun fact, actually, till this day, I only have five stars on all the criteria. Most people don't. But again, I figured out how to make sure 
every single thing and the ratings were addressed in that six ratings criteria, but mm. also you won't be left asking questions because I want to know where I'm staying. I want to know who's hosting me. I want to know it all because you're a stranger to me. Right. Um, so that's so important. So that's on ratings and reviews. Um, amenities. Amenities, super simple. I always say on your landing page, your Airbnb's landing page, so the one where people click on and they scroll, um, as long as there are no amenities crossed out on page one, you are good. Um, because what happens is there's a reason that Airbnb may have it crossed out or whatever it may be. So add that amenity. So, well, you can't always add all amenities, but for example, carbon monoxide is the most popular one that's crossed out on people's profiles. I always say go to Target, go to Walmart, get one for $15 and plug it in. Um, because the thing is, guests might not know what a carbon monoxide detector is, but it sounds important and they might mm-hmm. feel like they're missing out on something. Even if you have an electric stove, you don't know a guest to have it, have one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then next is a profile and photos. I always suggest making sure that like your face is literally in the photo because a lot of people do have it far away where you don't even see the person. You just see their background. Again, I want to know who I'm ho- like, who's hosting me. I want to see your face. You're a stranger. I'm staying in a stranger's house. Um, I don't know anything about you. Show me your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the photos, I always say your first five photos need to be the best because you know, when you're scrolling through Airbnb, um, and you're like looking through the photos a couple of times. Yeah, I don't like it. Scroll to the next one. Scroll, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I say your, your first five photos need to be the best ones at your photo shoot. I don't care if it's the kitchen, the, the attic, I don't care, but those need to be in the front and then, you know, do uh, best to worst, but in like an order. So, um, start with the living room or the outside then the living room. Well, like just the whole house and make mm-hmm. sure it's best to worst for each room. Um, and then Oh, and the cover photo needs to be the best on your profile. My best one um, is usually always the kitchen. So that's when people see first and that's why people click on it. Um, And then finally on that, I always tell people to make sure that you're not just, you know, taking pictures of your Airbnb just to upload and getting a professional photographer later. It won't help you. The algorithm is the people. We are the algorithm. We're the one who decides what happens. If your your cover photo is ugly and it's not catchy and it's not professional, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to scroll to the next one because Airbnb actually gives you a time period where your Airbnb is at the top. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you you ever see the new ones? It's Mm -hmm. at the top and you want want yours to be at the top. And it's not going to be at the top. It's not going to remain on like the first few pages if people aren't clicking through on it when you first create your listing. Mm, I know people always say just start, but it sounds like this is not an instance you want to just start. I don't recommend it. I really don't. Um, And then like you want to stand out from the very beginning, you know, Mm -hmm. but then that goes on to experiences you provide standing out. What makes you different? Have you seen the, um, the tree house in Atlanta that everyone's going to the Airbnb? No, no. It's like a big deal. It's like, um, it's one tree house. It's like they're booked out for like a year. And they have like, I need to look them up. It's so cool. It's like, they have like a bed and it like hangs out of like the tree house, but it's like really cool. (laughs) I want to sleep hanging out of a tree. I know. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) but like, it's an experience. So that's why they're booked out. Even, um, I don't know if you've seen the Airbnb. It's like a, it's like a big house and it's like monopoly themed and like, can't, it's like one room, one, one room is candy what is it candy candy land Candyland. No, candy land is a different game entirely though yeah it's like different themes throughout the oh. house of different board games even the living room is like a chess game but like it's very specific even the light switches are like i want to say in the monopoly room they're like um pieces wow like it's it's different they're booked out because they are different it's all about the experience you provide if you don't have the money 
go buy some go buy some um boards from home depot create like a little uh photo booth put some stuff in there and call yourself unique but you have to stand out because mm-hmm. long 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 are the days where or long gone are the days where people throw furniture in a place and call it an airbnb can't just do that anymore um so in order to get that aesthetic, are you working with designers or is this something that these people are just skilled at? I would say it's usually both, honestly. Um, but you also have to look at, you know, what do you like to do? Um, me, I like to read. So in our first Airbnb, we had a reading nook, but we didn't show it in the pictures. You wouldn't know it was there until you got there. But we also know our audience, too. And they like that kind of stuff. So they loved a little uh, the little reading nook. It was always used. You could tell people sat there. I mean, it doesn't have to be that big. It just has to be different. Pinterest. Pinterest is my best friend. Go on mm. Pinterest. Um, look up Airbnbs. Look up hotels. Look at just different, you know, different. If you, if you travel a lot, look at different travel experiences. What makes them different than everyone else. Why would we stay at Atlantis before we stay at the Hilton, for example? Atlantis is different. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't need a lot of money. My little reading would probably cost me $50 total. And then finally, that dynamic pricing is the most important part. Well, actually, all of them are important, but if you're not priced right, you're going to be screwed because, okay, I'm going to keep on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I always want the best product for the cheapest amount. So I'm going to find that best product for the cheapest amount. Same goes for Airbnb. If someone's looking for the best Airbnb at the cheapest price, they're going to be like me, a couponer. <laughs> um, but I, I don't complain, but there are people who complain. So if you're, if you're priced too low, for example, you're going to get bad guests. If you're priced too high, you won't have many guests at all. So it's so important that you dynamically price your property correctly so you can get guests throughout the month. Is this a tool or a plugin or an app yeah. that you're using? Yeah. So Airbnb has their smart tool, but no one uses it. Uh, they don't. I'm just being honest, is they undervalue your property. Um, mm-hmm. I know the most popular one right now is Price Labs. I started with Wheelhouse, but then we became our Airbnb became so popular. It was like first on the like it was third down on the first page. And we couldn't really go with their pricing model because we were getting booked so much. So we had to mm-hmm. increase our pricing. And even then we were still getting booked out. We started with like $77 a night and then we had to increase it to like $150, $170. And so we had we couldn't use the pricing models, but if you are an average Airbnb, Price Labs is great, Wheelhouse is great, um, AirDNA is like semi okay. It tells you how you'll do um, uh, seasonally. Go ahead. Got it. Got yeah. it. So at this point, mm-hmm. I think you had mentioned that you've had a first property. Now you've moved on to the next, and I hear people talking about having properties all over the country, all over the world, multiple properties. First of all, how are they doing that? Is it that they are renting? You talked about rental arbitrage or are they purchasing all these properties? That's a great question. So there are, what are the um, strategies that you've heard of? None. I'm I'm learning (laughs) from you. So (laughs) I've stayed at them, know nothing about the business. Got you, got you. So there are a couple of strategies, um, not a couple, there's a lot. Um, I'm only going to speak on the ones I'm good at though. But um, there's rental arbitrage, which is where you approach a homeowner or an apartment complex and you let them know you want to do corporate rentals, corporate leases, um, short-term renting, and you know you get corporate leases there. You have to have an LLC or some kind of business entity. It doesn't have to be an LLC, um, but an LLC protects you to a certain extent. Um, so there's rental arbitrage. There's the BRRRR method, which is super popular, the BRRRR, however many R's there are. And that's basically where you like buy a house, renovate it, rent it out, refinance. And then I forgot the last R. 
Um, but that's also another part, but that that's more capital upfront, um, rental arbitrage. There isn't much capital upfront as there, as there would be for like a bird property. Cause you're literally getting a house ready for Airbnb, but rental arbitrage, you're honestly just paying for the furniture and like the systems you need to get started. Then if you want to get an Airbnb and you're like zero money, then there's co-hosting and like property managing. And with a name, you're literally co-hosting for someone else. They bought the property, they bought everything, they have everything, they have the furniture. And all you're doing is hopping in and taking over for them for a price, but you don't have to pay anything. So you mentioned systems Mm -hmm. and for the people I've heard have multiple properties all over. Clearly they're, they're not there in person. And if there's a front desk, that's helpful. But what systems do you have in place and what does a team look like when you're trying to really have that five-star Airbnb experience? I would say the system that you need to have is the system for the guests. The guest has to be comfortable. They have to understand how to get there to your property, how to leave, all that. They need to understand everything. So you have to think about your customer and your guests when you're creating systems it may sound backwards because a lot of people create systems to place off the things they think they need no what does your guest need the reason i say that is because <laughs> because um for example with the messaging systems because you know there's so many messaging systems out there so many templates whatever the case may be but what if your guests what what if they aren't the type to subscribe to phone updates like you know text updates what if your your ideal client is like email only a, you need to have a messaging system. I use my five-star messaging system. It's basically where I message people only five times because have you ever been to an Airbnb and you feel like they message you too much? No, not really. Okay, good. <laughs> the last one we went to, I think they had like a, when you booked, uh-huh. right? Like the day before, maybe one while I was there and one after I left, something Exactly. Like that. And yeah. that's the system I use. So um, as soon as you book, I say, hey, how you doing? Sounds like a great fit. What brings you to town? And then I message, oh, and then and I message, I always say, but I always say, by the way, stay, stay on the lookout, 48 hours, you will have all the check-in information. I say that because you have people asking, but if you send that, you will not, have, well, you have one or two Bettys, but, <laughs> but um, after that, message then it's like you said 48 hours and that's where you send all the check-in information what do they need to do where do they go parking all those questions that your guests would have have all those in there um three hours ahead i was just say hey is everything good were you able to figure out everything are you are you going to be good for check-in because check-in is one of those six criteria so i just make sure they're good and then halfway through this day i would say hey is everything okay do you guys need anything you need some towels toilet paper let me know i'm here for you um and then finally um an hour before or after they leave um usually if they leave at um if they leave earlier than checkout time then i'll send it then Mm-hmm. But if they leave at, like exactly at checkout, then I'll send it an hour after so they can like get out and stuff um, and kind of sit down, settle, drive, get on a plane, whatever that the case may be. Um, and that one basically says, hey, thank you for staying. Um, Airbnb, you know, Airbnb is built off of trust. We'd love you to take 90 seconds to write a five-star review. Um, let us know what you think um, and go from there. But if you want, if you want them to write a five-star review, you have to give a five-star experience. Mm-hmm. So, That's true. true, So what system is sending these automated messages for you? What tool is sending them? There's a couple. I know Hostfully is one, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y. I personally do everything by hand and I have people helping me because I had a really bad experience with an Airbnb where they literally messaged me like six different times telling me about checkout. And it got annoying because I checked out at 2 a.m. I told them before we even got there, hey, by the way, we're leaving at 2 a.m. We have to drive back to Texas cool. 
Mm-hmm. And then they texted us about, or I let them know that we left about 2 a.m. No one's checking their phone, which is fine. Um, and then at 6 a.m., we get a message. Hey, don't forget to check out. We're like, oh, we already did. Get another message at 9 a.m. Checkouts in two hours. So they're all automated. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then check. And then again, at 11 a.m., we got a message. Hey, it's checkout time. We already checked out. Like I miss, I let, I let them know so many times and it got so annoying to the point where I just didn't even leave them a review. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like I was a number. I didn't feel like I had an experience. So you have to put yourself in the same shoes. That's why I don't personally use like specific systems. If I do, we are monitoring, monitoring to make sure that if people ask a question, it's getting answered. That's another thing. I sent their little, me- their little number mess, like questions and never got responses. Yeah. So they were just relying heavily on their automation right. and forgot to actually check in with the people. Exactly. What about cleaning? I know that is a huge concern for people right now. So what systems do you have in place just to make sure the places stay clean? So A, your cleaners are the backbones of your business. Without your cleaners, your property is trash. If your cleaners aren't making sure that your listing looks like the pictures, you're screwed. Because again, you want to be that Airbnb where everyone's saying, it looks exactly like the pictures. It looks exactly like the pictures. I always work with military wives for cleaners because I was a military wife myself. I know how hard it is to get a job in different cities. Plus we move so much. So no one wants to hire you. So a lot of military wives have cleaning businesses Mm -hmm. and babysitting businesses. So with the cleaning businesses, they care about their business and they care about their image. So they're not going to screw you over. But with cleaning though, I know people say, oh, just have them take a picture, have your cleaners take a picture when they're done and upload it to a drive. I don't, I don't agree with that because I know myself and I know that after four or five cleans, if I already know that the routine, I'm just going to clean it however I think it's supposed to be clean and might forget a couple of things and take pictures. And I may forget something. So what I say instead, you should have your cleaners record a video of your property and have them kind of talk out what they did. So, okay, right here, I unloaded the dishwasher. I put everything up right here. I put the pillows exactly like the pictures right here. I put all this stuff up. The maze closet slug, just like talking it out so that if they do forget anything, they'll stop that video and start over. And then having a checklist for them is great too, so that they can go through that and record that video to make sure they're not missing anything. Have them upload to a drive. You don't have to necessarily watch the video, but but you get guests who complain about cleanliness. And if you have that video as proof that your cleaner did this, 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 and that, and there's like, oh, this was dirty, or there was this thing, or whatever, you have proof in the video that there was not. Uh, so it protects you. All right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you have figured out everything as far as how to run a business smoothly. What does growing an Airbnb business look like? Growing an Airbnb business definitely takes a team. I don't think you can do it alone. For every 20 properties you reach out to, you should get at least three responses. And with those three responses, you should get at least one Airbnb. So if you're reaching out to 20 Airbnbs per day, or you have a VA reaching out to 20, sorry, 20 properties per day, whether that's apartments, um, landlords, homeowners, whoever that may be, as long as you're reaching out to 20 per day, within the next month, you should have at least one. So if you want to scale, you kind of have to, you got to rate, you know, rank up. Um, but here's the thing, when you do go to like these apartments and stuff and say you have a couple of Airbnbs with like private owners. I always say start off with private owners because they're the easiest to work with and they just want their mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you have like three or four there, then you can start talking to the apartments and you know the the big guys and the, you know get the big corporate leases and get five units here, three units there, ten units there because they see that your business model already works. 
So if you want to scale up, you need to have proof that your business model works. Um, and then you'll be able to scale up, you know, with the apartments, with corporate entities, mm-hmm. and you can create deals with them so that, you know, when their employees come to town, they're calling you. So that's mm. how we just have a couple of units here, a couple of units there. So once you've scaled to that level, are you hiring a property manager to help you manage all this or are you still doing it by yourself? Probably. Um, I've never heard of anyone who hasn't. And it's because there's only one of us. I would say for one person, you could probably manage like three or pushing it because there's cleaning, then there is managing guests and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I truly, honestly, 100% believe that you should hire out and work on your business instead of inside of it. Once you get the hang of it, once you've done Airbnb, then hire out. But don't hire out in the beginning. Make sure you understand what Airbnb entails. Make sure you understand cleanings. Make sure you understand what guests want, why guests get mad. Make sure you understand all of that for your right. specific property before you hire out. That's smart. Yeah. And then you talked about making sure your business model works. What does marketing look like? Airbnb markets for you. I always recommend Instagram, creating an Instagram for your Airbnb. So a lot of my clients already have Instagrams for their Airbnbs. So cute. Um, and they literally get bookings from Instagram. So followers to bookings. How often are they posting on Instagram? Um, I always recommend two to three times a week. But what I realize is a lot of hosts have imposter syndrome. So they post multiple times a day um, just to show that they're legit. But you really don't need to. Like just post, you know, a good picture here and there and you're good to go. But um, I would say just two to three times a week, like the normal average business. All right. So Airbnb as a platform itself Mm -hmm. on Instagram, any other marketing avenues? Pinterest is coming up. Pinterest is coming up. My ad specialist, Taylor, she told me about Pinterest. Um, Apparently people actually book travel through Pinterest. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So, and then Pinterest is actually out of all the platforms. If I'm don't call me on this, but they have like light, like what is the word when it's, um, basically the longevity of each post is like way longer. Cause you know, like a recipe that was posted seven years ago, I might still use that today. Exactly. You know, the versus on Instagram is longer. Right. Mm-hmm. Ah. Exactly. And then what are some others? The RBO home away. They're just like Airbnb, but um, they're older. They're, uh, they're more curated toward people who are going on vacations, families on vacation. Um, what other platforms? Expedia, TripAdvisor, Booking.com. These are also kind of expensive though. Those are kind of expensive to get on. But when you say expensive, is it that they're, their cut of your yeah. booking is higher? Mm-hmm. What's the average range? Um, I've seen... Uh, they get high. I, I can't. I just know that I'm okay with Airbnb because they're only charging me three percent per book. Three percent is very good. Really good. Um, and then another thing too is a lot of people they have their own direct booking sites. That's probably the the best one because you don't all the in- income's going to you. So if you are doing good organically on Instagram, there's a high chance that if you do run ads and you know you have a professional doing the ads for you, that you'll get booked through your website through your direct booking link. That's super next level then. Ah. If you really know how to get the traffic, then you can sidestep Airbnb altogether. And getting the traffic, I would say this, you have to know who you're talking to. Let's go on a customer real quick. So let's say you. So you are a mother. Mm-hmm. And when you're traveling, what are you looking for in a property? Safety first. Okay. So cleanliness, space for the kids, mm-hmm. um, 
of course, we're traveling to somewhere that we can have activities for them. So, you know, what are we in close proximity to? Um, I would say those are the top things. Okay. Of course, I want a beautiful space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're looking at your profile. We're building an Airbnb specifically for you and mothers like you. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do we need to talk about in our description? Safety ratings. What are walk scores? What are, what's in the area and how far in minutes are they from the property? Do I have parking? Because as a mother, I'm sure you're like, you don't want to be taking Ubers with your kids. You probably yep. have the SUV. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is there free parking? If there's not free parking, I need a detailed description on how parking works because I don't have time to be getting my kids out of get Like it, I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So in the description, you need to make sure that you are enlisting all of these things. Plus, I always say too, in your first five photos, take them through an experience that speaks to all of those points. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you can go look at the top Airbnbs in any city. Their first five photos represent what their reviews are saying. Got it. And they represent what their ideal guest is yes. looking for. Literally. Got it. So for example, I saw a property that was like great for kids, great space, lots of space, um, in a great area, great for kids, like all those kind of comments. First mm-hmm. five pictures, literally a spacious living room and dining room, like an open layout. A a picture of the backyard. Oh, there are dog comments too. A picture of the yard that was huge for dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to say they had also like high chairs in there too in the first five photos, just to show that it's family friendly. That's Mm -hmm. another way you can avoid getting like the partiers too, is just making sure if you are family friendly. Right. Your first five photos. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if at this point people are listening and they're they're thinking this sounds doable but I need a little bit of guidance. Mm-hmm. How can they get in touch with you and how can they keep learning from you as they're on their Airbnb journey? I love that. First off, listen to the podcast again and take more notes before you even hop on to the next step. <laughs> um, <laughs> but after that, after that what I would say is to go to my Instagram at coach for the host c o a c h for the host. Um, I have so much free like content there and just so many little tips that no one's going to tell you. Check out the free content. It's free. And then after that, you know, if you feel like, okay, this is doable, that's when, you know, we would hop on a call. Um, I actually haven't announced it yet. We'll be announcing it tomorrow, but I have a program coming out where I will actually be leading people through getting an Airbnb or literally knowing nothing to scaling their business. Um, And, you know, if they want to do Airbnb long-term, scaling that business. Um, it's called first class fundamentals. And then finally follow me on clubhouse too. I don't know if you're on clubhouse, right? Yes, I'm, I'm on okay. Mm-hmm. I'll be on clubhouse because I host rooms with other Airbnb experts and you can get information from them too, because they have different perspectives from different markets. So sounds good. Well, Kira, mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing thank your you. Airbnb knowledge with us today. I'm sure you'll get a lot of people contacting you trying to figure out <laughs> how they can get in on this too. I think everyone should at least have one Airbnb because it's possible. Everyone travels as remit for all of us. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.